I will make you fish for people. What does that even mean? Well, let's go to the text. Let's go to the actual words themselves. This is from the first chapter of Mark. Now, after John was arrested, John the Baptist, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent. Believe in the good news. So as Jesus passed along the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left. They left their nets and they did. They followed him. And as he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, and they were mending their nets. And he called them immediately. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Fish for people. That's a that's that's something we talk about a lot as a uh, as a church, right? That's kind of our our mission. Jesus is about to train the disciples. We would call ourselves disciples of Jesus. I hope so. In essence, we're being told, fish for people. Okay. Um, that's a tough one. What is Jesus going to do when teaching his disciples to fish for people? I just worry that the metaphor, this sort of symbol, has a lot of mixed messages. The symbol does, though, stick, undoubtedly. The followers of Jesus would often use this symbol of a fish to denote that they were one of these Galileans, right? That they're from this area of fishermen, that they're a disciple of Jesus. Um, the fish is used a lot in symbols still to this day on car bumpers and around people's necks. It's stuck, even if, I don't know if I fully get the connection, but maybe this text can bring it out. Maybe the gospel itself will reveal what that looks like to fish for people. I actually used to fish a lot when I was a kid. As an adult, I can't say I even remember the last time I went fishing. I don't remember at all. But as a kid, um, I was reminded that weekly, sometimes even daily occurrences, I got a chance to fish because I grew up in Southwest Florida and I lived really close to my grandparents' house and we would regularly go over there or my mom had to run errands. She'd bring me to my grandparents' house to look after me and uh, their house backed up right onto this canal in Florida. So, you know, gators, fish, all this stuff out back. Um, and when my parents would pull up to the house to you know, visit or drop me off. I wouldn't go to the front door like they did. They'd go to like a little screened in area to knock on the door. I'd be like, I'm going around back either to the pool or to grab a fishing pole, run into the garage, grab a fishing pole because I didn't want to do all the visiting and stuff. I knew what my grandma and grandpa were up to watching the Cubs or something. I don't know. So I wanted to go fishing. So I'd grab my pole. I'd head out there and I wanted the good one, right? Because I wanted the one that had like a good lure, one that had good luck, one that had brought me success in the days previous. So, um, yeah, I'd go out there and I was pretty decent at it, I thought, you know. I thought I was okay. But uh, me and my brothers, we'd hang out there and, um, yeah, my grandpa would pop out and say, hey, how's it going out there? You tricking any fish? I love it. I love that expression. 
because that's what we were doing. He taught me all the tricks, right? He taught me how to trick a fish. So he taught me how to bait a hook, which was gross. Uh, he taught me how to cast a line, which was not gross. And then he even taught me the hard part of getting the hook out of the fish, which was gross again. But uh, yeah, he, he taught me those things and uh, taught me how to reel and like away with some of the lures that made the lure look like a, it was alive, right? Or, or to tug it a little bit when they give them a little bit of fight so that they think it's real and they'll bite it and gulp it down. Tricking fish is what my grandpa called it. I thought, I think about that. Maybe that's why I have such a hard time with fishing for people because I don't know if I'm interested in tricking people. The fishermen would have heard this and I'm sure they knew all the tricks when Jesus said, Hey, I'm gonna help you fish for people. They're like, well, we got plenty of tricks on fishing. They fished of course with nets, but I'm sure there are all sorts of techniques and procedures and ways that you could maximize your catch. So when Jesus shows up and says, Hey, you want to learn to fish for people. My guess is that the disciples were a bit intrigued because, yeah, this is what I do. This is what we do. Let's see. Fish for people? Sure. Let's see what this is all about. Important thing to realize, too, is that this isn't the first time they've heard of Jesus. Um, most likely they would have known who he was because they knew about John. And John and him were connected in this story. This is the one John was pointing to, Jesus. So these might have even been disciples of John. So them just dropping their nets and follow him might not have been so strange. Maybe this was just the natural transfer of leadership after John was arrested. So he says, hey, fellas, let's go catch people. They go for it. They just drop their stuff and they go. And I still think even if they did know who he was, that is remarkable. As a pastor who hears stories from peers and other folks about their churches closing, about congregations folding because people can't afford to keep their doors open. I think, yeesh, if only it were that easy to have people come together on a shared mission, the way that Jesus makes it seem with, hey, follow me, let's go. Want to fish for people? Yeah, sure. Forget what I'm doing. I'm going with you. <sighs> That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? We wouldn't hear about all these places closing down, people struggling to, you know, tell this story to more and more people. But fishing for people just doesn't seem to be that easy in real life. In real life, it just doesn't seem to be so simple. We try all the same tricks, though, I think. Churches try to do flashy and exciting things like a, like a shiny lure. They try to get people's attention. They try to bring them in to draw them closer to maybe take a bite. Sometimes they'll write, like, on their board out front um, something inflammatory, right? Uh, next week, we talk about faith and insert taboo subject you didn't think they'd talk about at church. Cool. People might say, you know, I didn't know church talked about that. Great. Whatever it takes. Let's let's see. Let's see. They got to check this out. It's like bait, right? Um, when I was on internship in Texas, there was a big to-do about a pastor who was uh, talking about faith and um, marriage, your life and intimacy. And he would sleep on the roof of the church in a big bed with his wife. They would sleep there and they were like, we want to talk about marriage and relationships. And that certainly was a bait. It got a lot of attention. It was certainly flashy. I don't really get the bait, but here we are. Um, sometimes they try different kinds of bait too that aren't just about like getting your attention. Um, you ever seen those billboards that say... Um, 
where will you be when Jesus comes back? Or are you ready for Jesus to come back? Or put really bluntly, hell is real. Just everyone look busy. Jesus is coming. Get to work. If you need, look, he's coming. You better get to our church before he finds out what you're up to. Yeesh. Yeesh. Quick. God's coming. Look busy. That's, I guess that's a bait too. Fear. Fear baiting. That's a word. For what? That's my question. For what? To just get him in the boat, I guess. To catch him. To get him in the net. Which just sounds awful. And again, maybe that's just me because I feel like it sounds like tricking people. It sounds like tricking fish. Is that what Jesus means to teach us? Is that what the church is supposed to glean from the life and ministry of Jesus Christ? Is how to just ensnare people through gimmicks, feats of strength? Maybe tear a phone book in half or something. I don't know. I just think what Jesus was talking about wasn't about the same kind of tricks that my grandpa taught me. Fishing for people is not the same as fishing for fish. Because fishing for people, if we look at Jesus and what he then invited the disciples into when he got them, was not about bait or hooks or nets or lures. It was more like what we just watched Jesus do. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to teach you. But a little did they know they were getting their first lesson right there. In this story, they, they knew of Jesus. They knew of John. They knew about it because why? Jesus already had a reputation. And what was it for? We just read. He was going around proclaiming the good news of the coming kingdom. He was saying the good news. He was talking about a new future. He was talking about a reality where all are fed, where the, where the broken are bound up, where the hungry are fed, where the mourning is comforted, where every tear is wiped away. He's doing this and people are being really attracted to this. So the first thing about, if we want to put it, let's put it into three things. First thing, the word. The word is a huge, huge piece of fishing for people. Having that word and that joy that comes from the promise from God, that things are not the way they have to be. This is not the way it has to be. No, the sick will be healed. The hungry will be fed. And we can be a part of this coming kingdom. We can be servants of all. Care for those in need. And we will usher in a reign of God. We will restore the world to grace and peace through this movement of mercy. They have the word. If you want to fish for people, you got to have the good news. Uh, second thing. Second thing they needed was an invitation. In this, we get a simply come follow me. And when I say invite, I don't mean for you to just go tell someone, hey, come follow me to church. You got to invite someone to come to church. I mean, I wouldn't mind if you did. That sounds great, inviting people to something. But not as like a, hey, you should get in here. It's not like the billboard intimidating people or telling people they're missing out on this. No, it's about invitation with the good news. It's saying, um, do life with me. Like Jesus did, follow me. He wasn't saying, hey, come with me to the synagogue. Hey, come to me in my house. No, he's saying, come do life with me. Let's eat, let's talk. Let me share this good news with you and how it's affected me and what it's like. Um, let me show you what God is capable of. In essence, he's simply sharing his joy with them. 
is sharing the fruits of the Spirit with them, of what this life and faith is doing in the midst of us right now. In truth, saying follow me is like saying, come be a part of this great thing with me. Do you want to be a part of something, something undeniably good? What about our faith encourages us to that sort of evangelism, enthusiasm? What about this story of Jesus and your own faith journey brings you joy? I'm sure you can tell stories of how your faith has comforted you or how it has changed you and how you've lived life with others. I'm sure it's happened because that's the third bit of fishing is that it happens in the world. It doesn't happen in some other place. Your faith has affected you, I hope, in more places than just in the sanctuary. I hope it's affected you in how you live and love and work. Maybe it, maybe it affected your vocation, why you do the things you do. Because you want to help people, because you want to serve people, because you feel like God gifted you with something. It's in the world where we're seeing God, not just in our sanctuaries. The third bit of people fishing is in this today, in today's lesson. When we see Jesus didn't invite them while they were all doing Bible study. Jesus didn't invite them while they were all at the temple or a synagogue or in the city square where he was preaching and teaching. He saw them at work. He saw them by the sea, surrounded by piers and nets and fish guts and in the thick of it. And he says, hey, let's go. Follow me. See, we can have a great and strong faith, but part of that faith tradition we have is an expectation to share it. And not just in our church buildings, but in how we treat other people and how we love our neighbors. Not just people in the church, but to make disciples, to live in a way that is worthy of imitation. Live in a way that shines in dark times. Live in a way as being comforters, as being healers, as being feeders, as being peacemakers, light bearers. It's sharing your whole self with your neighbor. Aspects of your faith that comfort you. Aspects of your faith that challenge you. Lessons from Jesus that have encouraged you, that bring you joy. That's telling the good news. Sharing the good news and fishing for people looks like living as your full, authentic self. Inviting people to share in this life with you, breaking bread, spending time together. It looks like what Jesus did, which was sitting with people, eating, standing up for people who are being abused, Welcoming the outsider, bringing them in, and doing so publicly in the midst of friends, families, co-workers, and just modeling the good news that is coming. Because light doesn't hide itself under a bushel. We don't hide that we are people of peace. Because peace is God's hope for all of creation. Why would we hide it? We don't hide that we're gracious and that it's because of our own flawed brokenness that God chose even to save us, even though we were indebted to those flaws and those sins. So we're gracious too, because Lord knows we all need it, because we're honest and confessional and know we need it. Folks, we still have the same mission as the first disciples. Still moved 
to the fact that we are telling a story of self-sacrifice, that we are confident that we are in this thing together, and that when God says all, God means all, and that Jesus loves all. So by God, we're going to love all too. Same job. Make disciples. Fish for people. To put it another way, brothers and sisters, hear the good news. Share the good news. There's no need to trick anybody. There's no need to lure anyone. There's no need to trap. Just simply be. Share yourself. Your faithful self. Your questioning self. Your comforting self. Your feeding self. Share them with your neighbor. And in doing so, you'll share the good news. Good news that Jesus loves them. So do you. Jesus will handle the rest of it. And for that I say, thanks be to God. Amen.